Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Here We Are podcast. I am in Jamaica right now at the Myco Meditations Retreat, getting a ton of work done and also relaxing in some nice weather, meeting some wonderful folks and guiding them through experiences. It's terrific time there's goats like mating in the background or something like that that are probably going to interrupt this but i'm very excited about life right now this tour is really coming along for stand-up science it is so much work new is going to be a lot of work built in that it'd be way more work than i expected and it is still way more work than i over expected it to expect it to be did I just say that right? I don't think so. Here's the dates uh, coming up for it, starting in January. These are just the confirmed dates, by the way. There are more dates in the work. Portland, Oregon, San Diego, California, L.A., Indianapolis, Pittsburgh, Columbus, Ohio, Cleveland, Ohio, Chicago, Lansing, Michigan, Kalamazoo, Michigan, Royal Oak, Michigan, Des Moines, Iowa. Uh, it looks like Milwaukee is going to be added real soon to that. It's not confirmed, though. Iowa City, Iowa, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Is there an Iowa City other than in Iowa? Uh, so we're heading into February now. Providence, Rhode Island, Boston, Massachusetts. I cannot, guys, if you're in Boston, Massachusetts, Stephen Pinker is going to be there. You can know that ahead of time. I might not even be able to uh, put it out on the web and advertise it that way. It's such a big name. But I'm letting you guys know. You can get some books ahead of time, like his new book, Enlightenment Now. Fantastic read if you want to feel a little more uh, optimistic about that. You turn on the news and it's nothing but garbage. Maybe you should check out enlightenment now might give you a, a little bit of, of realistic hope pragmatic optimism maybe just a little bit of something to get you out of bed on those days that you can you guys know me i share with you when uh when things aren't going my way and when i uh, when i'm in the biggest rut of my life i'm i'm totally open with it. i'm doing fantastic right now part of the reason why i share those experiences with you is so that you know that those are passing transient states and it is possible to work your way through them like i have and will make my way to new market new hampshire portland maine harrisburg virginia richmond virginia norfolk virginia raleigh north carolina in march now we're heading into greensboro north carolina asheville north carolina oak ridge tennessee nashville tennessee Lots more being confirmed. I'm working on a Colorado run at the moment for the end of March. Uh, a lot of stuff for March to fill in still. A lot of stuff for February. Maybe a date or two in uh, in January. Like I'm I'm doing Cincinnati. I'm doing regular stand-up in Cincinnati at Go Bananas. And uh, who knows? Maybe they'll let me do a stand-up science there as well. But anyway, that'll be my first, my only regular gig of stand-up for a while because I'm going to be too darn busy with stand-up science. Finally, I've been think of a world where people were interested in these ideas that we share on this podcast. Think of a world like that where people knew this information, seeked out this kind of information like you guys do. You guys already know how much you learn from this podcast and in the impact it has on your perception and changing your views and everything else and and uh, uh, imagine that getting out and and spreading. I'm obviously not the only one doing it and, and there's a lot of people doing it way better, but I think we can all play a part uh and in kind of sparking these conversations, giving people more interesting ideas to think about, and hopefully 
the hope is, is we're maybe zeroing in on a, a more accurate picture of reality and making the world a better place along the way. Is that too much to hope for? Maybe. But it's worth aiming for, isn't it? I think so. And that's what I aimed for today. Enjoy today's episode. Are we? Yes. Where are we? Here. Why are we here? Not entirely clear. We are misfits thrust into existence by random chance with no hints at all as to how we're supposed to make sense of it all. It's immensely bizarre. Here we are. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Here We Are podcast. Today, I am at the Washington State University, Vancouver, talking with Associate Professor of Psychology, Renee Magnus, joining me. Renee, thank Hello. you so much. Thank you for having me. It's very uh, exciting. I, I rushed to hit the record button because I don't know why. I, I doubt this will be the most interesting part of our conversation. <laughs> you're a, you're a, a knuckle cracker. Yeah. I used to be when I was... I always thought, see how high my knuckles are? Yes. I don't know if it's just because I'm a bony person. I got it in my head when I was younger that that was because I cracked them too much. And that's why I have these bony. Is that a thing that happens? Well, I'm not an expert in... I, I, I know. <laughs> Joint knuckle but cracking. Do you, have you noticed you're not, you've been doing it over a lifetime. Eh, maybe. You said, uh, you, you, you used an expression I'd never heard. Oh, one and good I was habit like, for another. <laughs> yeah. And you study habits and how, is that a thing? I think so. I have plenty of bad habits. Yeah. In addition to the healthy ones. Well, certainly. don't they say to replace like the kind of reward mechanism or whatever? Yeah, that's you, definitely you a strategy. Substitute. Yeah. Yeah. If uh, if you're a smoker, I mean, this is a stupid example, but uh, Believe eating, in yourself. eating um, sunflower seeds or eating carrots or something like that, something that has that same type of ma- mouth to finger motion uh-huh. is, uh, is a good potentially replacement behavior. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sunflower seeds. I'm, yeah. I'm into it. But I don't have one for my just regular nervous tics, which is <laughs> yeah. popping knuckles and biting my nails and things like that. Yeah, I just, uh, what I like to do is I like to uh, go real deep into my own inner world and just freak out a little bit. Just <laughs> just Sounds have like a, a great, little, little bit strategy. of a breakdown inside my head while I'm sitting that's, across That's what the running smiling. is for for me is that <laughs> it helps me not freak out you do marathons so Mm -hmm. i just got uh app this isn't they're not like a sponsor of a show or anything like that i'm sure there's it when i looked it looked like there's a whole bunch of great running apps out there i have no idea if this is a good one or not but i started doing couch to oh yeah i've never done it but i i've heard a lot of enthusiastic uh people who are trying to be more active use something like that oh it starts out if i remember the first week was you so there's like a five minute just walking Mm warm-up and then you do a minute jog and then it's i think a minute and a half walk or brisk walk depending on which one it is and uh and alternating between that for like 20 minutes and then another five minute cool down walk and then it tells you like you completed the this and that, and then, and then I copy amazing. and yeah, and then I copy and text it to my girlfriend <laughs> to do the kind of social accountability mm-hmm. stuff. And uh, yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to learn. <laughs> uh, you're you're not the first person I've talked to about wellness, but it takes for me. It takes 
a long time to sink in. It's been a long process. Yeah, I think that's a really important point when you're trying to change your behaviors to uh, think about. We all tend to think that if you're going to do a behavior change, it has to be this massive change. Mm-hmm. And um, something like physical activity, um, starting small, you know, 30 seconds of running is manageable mm-hmm. for a lot of people, but running a 5K is not. So right. how do you just little baby steps can be really helpful. And it makes you feel good. Uh, and it does, you know, if you're if you haven't been off the couch in 10 years or something like that, right. it's going to feel really uncomfortable to run three miles. But, right. you know, maybe 30 seconds feels all right. So, you know, you just kind of got to build into it for a lot of the things that we try to get people to do. Yeah, I'm kind of like an obsessive lunatic. Like I, I get into like I just get into stuff. It doesn't matter what it is. Like uh, give me a drug. I love it. <laughs> give me like a video game, whatever. Like I can't I basically just can't have anything in my life. Like eventually it's <laughs> It's just like going through life, getting obsessive about a thing and then having to like quit it, it, it like completely. I'm, I've, I'm like video game sober. And so I, I once video went, sober. I, I went to uh, uh, a friend. I stopped by a friend's house on the way home from a show. This is years ago when Guitar Hero first came oh, out. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I played, I was like, oh, I'll play this. And then I ended up like staying at his house for like three days playing Guitar Hero. I had a girlfriend at the time, like worried about did me. Did you have and a girlfriend calling. afterwards? <laughs> I did somehow. <laughs> she, she was used to like unpredictable. If you date me, you know, there's like a lot of stuff coming yeah. along with it. Um, and so I, I got the couch to 5K. And I'm like, yes, I'm doing this thing. And I, I ran like, you know, for the minute long thing, my absolute hardest. And then, you know, the minute and a half break. But like every time I was supposed to be jogging, I was running and I was doing it like I did it six days in a row, I think. And then I uh, had knee issues for mm. about four weeks. That's another reason to take things slow. Uh-huh. Maybe don't sprint. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't sprint for not your six seconds. days in a row. Yeah. You're supposed to take like a day off yeah. too when you're starting, probably. Yeah, and just Building not. <laughs> yeah, I don't like the build. I like to go full on. Just got to go for it. I have been pr- trying to practice like the small little. Like I read recently something or other about how the metabolism changes when you're sitting after like 25. 30 minutes some sort of hormonal this and that happens and the metabolism changes i don't even know if it's true i don't necessarily trust the the source that i read it in but it was enough for me to like think oh if i've been sitting for 30 minutes and then i'll just like get up and stretch for a couple minutes and uh, it's been an easy thing to do that i feel like has had a positive yeah there's there's definitely a, a big movement for getting people to be more, uh, just more, move around more, be more ambulatory. Mm-hmm. Um, even people who get their, what we would consider recommended activity for, you know, like for me, for example, I get up and do something most mornings. So I'm, I've met my uh, requirements as far as getting my 30 minutes a day or something like that. But then I come here and aside from teaching, I just sit at the computer for hours. So uh, we do have concern about, getting people up and moving around because the how much sedentary time is also a predictor of uh, some bad health outcomes. So we're trying to get people to do both things, which can be pretty tricky. 
sometimes. Yeah, I mean, we, we we also need to kind of change the cultural landscape, and and this is the importance of this is why I I've always felt like science outreach is something that I wanted to dedicate my life to because getting some of this information out there. Most people are in a cubicle job, and I think standing up to stretch for mm-hmm. three or five minutes every twenty five minutes or so might draw attention to the they might feel like well if i'm up and i'm stretching i'm not working you know and or maybe their supervisor might have some ideas but whereas once people have this information in the future the supervisor like in an ideal world the supervisor be like hey i haven't seen you get up and stretch in a little while you better wouldn't that be nice (laughs) well that's you you know a lot of people have things like a fitbit or um some other kind of uh monitor that kind of yells at them my my watch literally yells move really uh, uh, if i'm not active after a certain period of time ah, so and I then no the fitbit did that and some versions of them I, okay. I mean i don't have a fitbit but i i know that you know no I, i'm such a sucker for gadgets yeah oh give me something that i'm gonna use for like two weeks and never use yeah again. there you go oh, there you go <laughs> i love it uh, yeah but it's 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 good to have those reminders. And I think that there is some movement towards changing that. You know, you can get the standing desks and things now. And um, I have one. It's mm-hmm. an adaptable one. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Um, but it's interesting because you, if you use it at first, you're actually tired because you're not used to spending that much time, you know, standing. And mm-hmm. Yeah. You got to build it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're, you're catching me at a, at, at a, good like everything's clicking into place everything's i think it's all gonna fall apart (laughs) soon like it's been a little too good (laughs) for a little too long it's uh, a little suspicious everybody ebbs and flows right uh, yeah right yeah even people who are in the field you know they i think a lot of people try to sort of practice what they preach but everybody has times where it's just you know just tough you can Mm. you and sometimes it's great, and sometimes it's you got so many other things going on, and you break yourself because you can't handle the the sprinting every day or right. whatever. So, well, it's also hard to know exactly which you know, even if you're doing research on, say, can I jog every day? Different resources are going to say different things uh, for you. I mean, there's like general consensus out there, but it's like a this isn't a part of your research, so I I don't expect you to know the answer to this. Foam rollers. Where are we with foam rollers? Are we done <laughs> with them? That is a great are, example. Are we, like, they, they were real hot for a little while there. So this is now the second time that I've like started taking good care of myself. Um, there was one other time before. Ended up, <laughs> it ended with a horrible injury. But... Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so fingers crossed that doesn't happen this time um but that was uh, 5 years ago or so and at that time foam rolling man that was uh, I think they're still pretty popular yeah I'm I don't know the evidence in support of them or not like you I've seen both this is great you should absolutely do this and then Things saying you know, you're going to hurt yourself if you use them. These are actually terrible and that kind of thing. So it's always it's difficult to know. All I can say is that I have one, mm-hmm. and it, I, so I I use it maybe once a year. Yeah. <laughs> Every once in a while, I think okay, this might be a good thing to use, and then I use it for a couple of weeks, and then I'm like, nah, uh-huh. this 
I don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> yeah, I get even in like a, like I like taking a class because I don't feel I don't trust myself to know. Uh, the movements and stuff like that. If I'm just like yoga. watching a yoga video yeah. at home. I'm like, am I actually doing this right? But yeah. if I go to a class, maybe someone will like come over and and correct me while telling me how great I'm. What I like about <laughs> what I like about you yoga like the reinforcement is right. it's also just like it really fits my lifestyle because it's like uh, it's like uh, they're like you know and and if like. Laying down, if that's the only stretch that you're going to get today, you know, that's the only stretch you're going to get, you know. It's not like I do CrossFit, so, and they're like, come on, you can do it. You got one more minute. Go get as many. Yoga's like, you know, you know, maybe if you can, like, try to move a little bit, that'd be <laughs> cool. But if not, we get it. <laughs> but they put, uh, they put, they have me, like, putting blocks like around mm-hmm. my back mm-hmm. and neck area to mm-hmm. lay on and mm-hmm. sometimes that makes me nervous <laughs> like if i'm laying like on a square thing anyway this isn't even your specific <laughs> well research. i think it, it actually tangentially might be uh, okay. i mean there's a lot of information out there about what you should be doing and what you shouldn't be doing and it's hard to figure out what's what and so part of what i do is trying to uh understand what people know in terms of certain health behaviors and um so get a consensus of what sort of an average person might know and then mm-hmm. trying to figure out okay what do we need to correct and um yeah but we can't know what to correct until we we find out what people think they know versus what they really do know and um so you know um the so uh, you know yeah <laughs> the illusion of explanatory depth mm-hmm um it, what what do people know out there are they dumber than me or smarter <laughs> i'm not going to answer that one <laughs> i don't think Come there's on, a, i don't think there's a winning way to answer that question <laughs> i think there are a lot of people who are trying to make good decisions for themselves and they it's just really tough especially in this day and with uh, all the the web and all kinds of facebook Twitter, does people just share information without really thinking twice about, is this really accurate information? Where did this information come from? And that can be, it just perpetuates. And people just have this tendency to share things that fit with what they want to think is accurate. Um, So if I want to say something like flu shots are going to create this terrible disease, then I'm going to only share that. But if I see flu shots don't create this terrible disease, then I'm going to share that, you know? So um, Mm. it's really difficult. And I think it's kind of an issue of um, people need to take a little bit more responsibility for the the information that they're getting. Um, And that's, that's difficult to you know, everybody's busy. Everybody's got something going on. Not everybody has the opportunity to just sift through all this information. Um, but we can certainly try to teach people skills, how to do quick checks and things like that. Um, that's something I try to focus on in my classes is, you know, teach my students how to think about the information that they're actually getting instead of just sort of regurgitating (laughs) the information. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I think that it it depends on the area, the the behavior that you're, or disease, or illness, or whatever that you're interested in thinking of um, learning about. 
Um, some some areas have a lot more misinformation than others. Uh, yeah, you know, I think like most. What? Well, I mean, for example, I think a lot of people have a pretty good sense that smoking it causes lung cancer, mm-hmm. um, or have heard of that at least. Uh, a lot of people have a pretty I, good sense of what they should be doing in terms of physical activity, I at least to some degree. Can I? Uh, sorry to. This is the smoking thing. I think I've mentioned this maybe before on the podcast, but I remember when I was little, I was helping my grandfather clean out an attic of someone he was like helping with the auction or something like that i don't know what anyway and helping clean out the attic i came across cigarettes that must have been from like the 1950s or something like that and they were for asthma oh they were a treatment for asthma and here's what made them so healthy for you um hollow filter Fascinating. No, no filter. That's huh. what made it help you breathe <laughs> better. But we, so that seems opposite. <laughs> so it, this is like uh, the the start of uh, sometimes the start of these <laughs> these things. There's a whole lot of informa- misinformation out there, and there's a whole lot of uh, who know, peer pressure or whatever mm-hmm. within culture that's happening and different things are in style and whatnot. And we justify behaviors in certain ways. And then like 30, 40 years go by and people are like, you know what? I think those cigarettes might be, it's possible that they're bad. 40 years later. Um, I think I'm finally convinced that those might've been a bad yeah. thing. <laughs> and even now it's still, do you ever go a place that doesn't have that you can still smoke inside? I don't. I in my travels. I think maybe like someplace in Wisconsin states. you still can, right? Yeah, yeah. You would. It's weird. You would know that, but because if you tell them like this is strange, like like it's awful, and you shouldn't have, you shouldn't like. I used to be a smoker. I'm like, it's it's so much better when there's like, the government tyranny of they're telling me what where I can smoke it. Like, and then right. and then as soon as that law is implemented and there's no more smoking inside, everyone, including the smokers, is just like, oh yeah. It's fine. This is so much better. Um, so it, it takes us a while to uh, learn Sometimes. things. And I think this is like, I think there's a lot of evolutionary mismatches between between uh, like running on a treadmill, for example, if we were to t- stick a, a terrible get a experience. Bill and Ted time, <laughs> uh, time machine and mm-hmm. go back and get some caveman or whatever to... Uh, I mean, someone would, I don't think there was yeah. really cave people, but um, <laughs> but seeing us on a treadmill would be the craziest. Why are you like, doing that? Why are you, you spending from, all like, this energy? Lions and like plagues and things like that. You and wanna, we're running you in place <laughs> watching TV. <laughs> yeah. So it doesn't make it, so it's not natural for us, but people are wising up. Anyway, that was a whole long tangent that I got <laughs> on to. So cigarettes and here's where you were. Cigarettes and and movement. People are starting to get keen to like. Okay. Well, I th- I mean I think that those are the th- we have, uh, we have a lot of history, particularly for cigarettes, and um, there's been a lot of work to try to educate the public about it. And it's still the case that uh, certain outcomes are better known than others. So when we tell people, oh, it might cause lung cancer, or it does cause lung cancer, I should say, they already know that. 
So that's good that they know that. But then the question is, <clears throat> excuse me, what else do, are there other things that they don't know? And that applies to a lot of different behaviors. So for example, e-cigarettes is a pretty hopping thing these days. And uh, there's a lot of misinformation going on around there about that these are going to be the you know, the, the end all be all, this is going to solve all of our problems for cigarettes. And that's, that's not what the research is showing, at least so far. Hmm. What is hmm. the research showing? Cause <laughs> I, I, so I quit smoking a little over a year ago. It's Congratulations. The second, yeah. I, I quit for, I think three years once before. And so this is, this one's going to stick. Gosh, darn it. But I did like here and there, I, I would switch to vaping and it was a wonderful difference when I did vape. I will say that of just like my lungs felt better. It was my breath was better. Mm-hmm. My girlfriend didn't mind as much or really at all. And uh, yeah, it, it was there were definitely things that were an improvement. It didn't really stick. Yeah, I think it's an issue of what your goal is. If your goal is just to not smoke cigarettes, then e-cigarettes might be a good option. Um, but if your goal is to not be consuming tobacco or not, excuse me, not tobacco, but nicotine, then that might not be a great option. Um, and there's also people tend to think that they are harm free, that they're harmless. And it's probably safe to say that they are safer than cigarettes, but they're not healthy. They're not a healthy thing to do. There's, I think, enough evidence to support that at this point. And there's also a lot of concerning evidence regarding um, uh, adolescents. They are, it's a really popular thing. Uh, The jewels, for example, are a really popular thing. So these teenagers are using it, and then it's looking like it's leading to more cigarette use later. So the more teenagers who are using it, there's a greater likelihood that they start actually smoking cigarettes. They're more um, apt to start with the e-cigarette yep. because it doesn't seem as bad yeah. for you. And so, yeah. And it, so it's, it's just kind gateway. of a, and there's, there's still, you know, we, we need a lot more information. We still need to know what's in the, the they call it the juice, the, you know, what's in that stuff, what chemicals it's not without stuff that's bad for you. Popcorn so, lung? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> do you, do you, have you not heard that? Well, I, I know what it is, but I don't know if it's associated with with um, this particularly. I think the problem is that uh, they just haven't been around as long, so we don't really know what the long term consequences are. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's one of those things where I feel like I feel pretty confident in saying that you know, just because it might not be as bad as something, doesn't mean that you should just go for it. Um, cause you know, better safe than sorry. If you're kind of a risk of person, risk averse person, it's probably better for you to not use them at all. And, uh, maybe like you said, do something else, mm-hmm. drink some water. I don't, water is not a good substitute, <laughs> but, uh, go for a run, you know, do something else with your time instead of, instead of doing that. Yeah. I mean, cigarettes, uh, such an awful one. First of all, there's hardly any benefit other than like if i went out and i had a cigarette right now i would have a delightful buzz right um delightful and maybe even the one or two after that or if i kept it to like one a day i would get a delightful buzz each day when i had a cigarette but that 
that pause does not last for very like as soon as you start smoking you no longer get that you maybe feel like a a little relaxed or something like that after a meal but there's there's hardly any like alcohol which i also had to quit mostly because i'm a lunatic not necessarily because uh, alcohol is inherently bad for every single person or whatever but um but cigarettes certainly seem to be and uh, alcohol at least like a lot of the problems was i was like having too much fun with alcohol (laughs) there was at least like some sort of like why did i why did i drink last night well because i was like hanging out with people and we were being silly and having laughs and it was a good time yeah, people like, don't do unhealthy things because it's uncomfortable or gross or they don't like it they right. do these things because it it feels good it's there's we get some kind of benefit from it so for a lot of people smoking is a way to reduce stress you can get that initial buzz it's it's a reinforcement that immediate feeling that how good it feels that's very reinforcing and that's for any type of negative what we consider a negative behavior. So, I mean, eating ice cream, you know, if you only eat ice cream every once in a while, it's not a problem, but you know, uh, it, we eat it for a reason. It's not because we think it's disgusting, right? You know, we eat it because we think it's delicious. So in the same way, so if you can switch it, switch the, switch it a little bit. So now you're thinking about a healthy behavior. What are, why it is that we don't like healthy behaviors is, is, Always fascinating to me. But, you know, okay, maybe you don't like to eat broccoli, but I'm sure there's some other kind of vegetable that you like to eat. Um, maybe just focus on that. Or um, for me, I like to run because it does make me feel good. Um, you know, so it's kind of my own, I guess to you, what a cigarette would be. It really does help me feel invigorated and ready to go. And and that's not how everybody feels when they run. Some mm-hmm. for some people, it's the exact opposite experience. Mm. So, but it ultimately boils down to you know, if if we didn't like these things that are bad for us, we wouldn't be doing them. Right. If there was not something we got from them, we wouldn't be doing them. I did see something or other about broccoli having some small amount of toxin in it, and that's why. <laughs> and that's why. Children so that's why are, you don't eat broccoli. Children are ad- adverse to it because really? it's, uh, it's uh, specifically like uh, so they've kind of uh, like it's actually adaptive that they are turned off by broccoli. I as cannot speak to, to the toxic. Yeah, no, I'm gonna <laughs> get toxic a, effects of broccoli. All right, I'm gonna get a, I'm gonna get a very angry phone call from the president of broccoli. The president um, of Rockley yeah. is very yes. <laughs> he's he's one of my uh, one of my hardcore listeners, and now I've, I've <laughs> not uh, anymore. Yeah, and, uh, but so first off, oh man, I have too many questions. Um, going to go all over the place. One very quick: uh, barefoot running shoes. You're a runner. Barefoot running shoes. Another another fad. Another scam. I... Uh, is it something? Maybe. Maybe. I mean, okay. I'm not a physical therapist, so, you know, I'm not into that type of thing. But I, I, all I can say is personally, I am not a fan mm-hmm. of those shoes. Um, but if that's what is makes you comfortable and you like it, then that's what you should do. Okay. All right. How's that, that was for very, diplomatic? That was very diplomatic. <laughs> you're really, you're, you're, you're running for office in the, in the footwear, something or other. Running uh, for president of broccoli. Uh, yes. Um, so, 
uh, back to some of your more specific work. Uh, but what about uh, how how do we how do we get people to stop this darn smoking stuff? Uh, we've been trying to implement the. I think the no smoking indoors is great. Mm-hmm. What about the uh, the cigarette pack pictures? Yeah. So uh, the I think it's. Um, before I go, just it's important to keep in mind that uh, I'm not saying that these uh, warnings that we put that we're proposing to put on cigarette packages are going to solve all of the problems. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a colleague, I think, who puts it nicely. She says it's a cog in the wheel. So think of all of the tobacco policy um, things that we're trying to implement. And that's the full wheel. And so this is just one piece of it. Um for me, the interest is that I want to, I, I'm really interested in health communication. How do you communicate risks to people? Um, how do you do it in a way that might actually motivate people to try to change their behavior? And for smoking, um, it can be really difficult. You know, smoking is a really difficult thing for people to stop. Um, it's, it's addicting. So, you know, that's the challenge. Um, and so, and we're often dealing with people who are, trying multiple times before they're ultimately successful. And, you know, speaking from your experience, um, it's probably not, at, it, it can be, once you relapse, it's not like you want to the next day say, okay, I'm going to try this again. That mm-hmm. was wonderful. I'm absolutely prepared to do this. Often, you know, it takes time. You got to get yourself motivated again. You got to get yourself going. Um, and so the, there's potential for these types of warnings to do a lot of things um, to educate people. We know that it certainly looks like people seem to learn new better or learn more from these types of warnings than just sort of a standard text warning that might be on a package. They also tend to they make th- people think more. Um, it, it increases their perceptions of their risk. Um, and it also elicits these more emotional things that is of interest to me. So if you, it makes people more concerned about their behavior. And if you can get people to worry more about that stuff, then it kind of sticks around a little bit more and you, um, and it, you, you might be more inclined to take some kind of action so that you're not worried all the time about it. So, um, it's more just, I think of it kind of as a reminder, um, as a good tool to potentially educate people, um, and then at the end of the day, if a person doesn't want to change, they don't want to change, but at least they have the information and it, it's not like they're just avoiding it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it seems like, uh, yeah, triggers the old disgust mechanisms and changes some of the, uh, some of the reward signaling perhaps a little bit in the brain. Cause that's, I mean, that's part of, uh, part of smoking is it's definitely like, there's a lot going on there because one, you get to look cool, um, and you have if you're a person who thinks it looks cool, yeah, but you're <laughs> watching a movie or something mm-hmm. like that, and the person looks cool. Mm-hmm. Not that necessarily everything on TV is influencing us, but um, uh, there's there's also these social aspects. So it can be mm-hmm. a little more than a straightforward like, hey, instead of. And instead of having the cigarette, if you if you do sunflower seeds, that will it's the same kind of action. But then, and that but, looks just as cool, <laughs> right? But you can't like say I'm in a uh, say I'm at a party, and you and I like we just we had our conversation. We met, you know, found out where you're from, 
and what now I'm just I'm out of things to say. I can't be like, hey, I'm gonna go eat some sunflower seeds real quick to to get out of that conversation. But cigarettes are always this wonderful uh out of a conversation. And then they're also a good way of like getting to know the fellow smokers um outside and alcohol is sort of that same way where there's this whole other self uh, social component going on at the same time mm-hmm. so not only are you giving up this substance but it's a part of a lifestyle thing that you're changing that's a so there's just a lot more kind of pieces to move yeah and you're you're hitting it exactly on the head it's uh it's complicated, you know, mm-hmm. it's not just one thing is not going to resolve these issues. Um, but to go back to one of the things you said earlier was uh, to have a replacement behavior. So if we can identify a person, you know, the reason maybe the the major thing that is keeping them from changing is that they like the social component of it. Well, then, okay, what are what is a social component that we can find in a different behavior that's not smoking? or drinking or whatever it is the the issue might be. Uh, so I, I keep saying exercise, but physical activity can be a very social activity for people to do. And it is um, might be a good replacement f- behavior for some person because it gives that that need to, you know, for social um, interaction or you know, wanting to have a reason to, I, I don't know that you would say at a party, I'm going to go run around the block, but, you know, certainly you can still get that, that, uh, need from other activities that aren't, mm-hmm. uh, these, these, uh, potentially less, uh, health, healthy options. Mm. Well, so as we talk about the kind of these larger social changes, policies that can be implemented, uh, you know, these are kind of large scale things happening. Um, say I want to like encourage a friend to change behavior because gosh darn it, do I love giving people advice on how they should, <laughs> how they should live their lives. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a, that's a real, that's a, that's an interesting part of the, the human condition as we are like, People are very, very uh, happy uh, to to give advice to you, and uh, you can go out and I can walk out on the street and ask someone for advice on how to better myself, and their eyes would light up, and they'd be like, "Well, let me I'm tell sure. you what to do." Absolutely. Um, uh, but uh, you know, we have these people in our lives that we care about, and you know, maybe we get a few things going, and. Do you say like, hey, this and that worked for me and you lead by example? Or is it how do you uh, I have an awkward situation at my home right now where we have this uh, this young man. My girlfriend and I uh, live in um, a house with a few apartments in it. And uh, there's a young man that moved in who's a smoker and uh, just hacks up all of his lungs um, every day for like an hour at a time, like several times a day. It's, it's gotten to be like, we've had to re, re like kind of rewire the reward system in our own heads. So it's like kind of like a lullaby to us now, just hearing this disgusting kid, just it's, it's so obnoxious and loud and ridiculous. And part of me just wants to go up to him and be like, Hey bud, like, 
how long you been smoking for? <laughs> like, give them a couple tips on changing that behavior. How do I get that? Ki- do I offer them 200 bucks to quit smoking? Is there some reward I can do? How do you, if you're, if you want, you got a smoker in your life or you got some couch potato in your life. I have another friend that a lot of us, you know, are a little worried about very, very, heavy persons have it's cause he's getting older it's causing all sorts of problems one of our best friends great guy and he's trying but like how you know how do you how do you encourage a step in the right direction for people most people i mean it's also a good way to lose friends yeah by (laughs) giving people that is a really uh hard question and um uh i think Unfortunately, the answer is not to just go up to them and say, hey, here's all the things that are bad about what you're doing and and assume that that's just going to motivate them to change their behavior. Uh, if anything, that's just going to uh, frustrate them or make them upset uh, and maybe even get them to do more of what you're trying to get them to change in the first place. I'll show you. Yeah, exactly. So, or feel worse about themselves, which yeah, now instead of just smoking cigarettes, now they're drinking too yeah. because you just made them feel awful. Yeah, I mean, uh, in terms of successful behavior change, what it boils down to, unfortunately, is that it's really up to the person at the end of the day. So, uh, you know, if you have people who go into... Uh, the hospital and their smoker, and um, let's just say that they're going to have a surgery. Uh, you can't smoke in the hospital. So they're going to stop for that period, but they're probably not going to stay quit uh, as soon as they get out because they're not, that's not what they want to do. Um, so forcing people to do things rarely works. You have to, and so that's why, that's why I have a job because it's um, a very complicated um, thing. And you also have to realize that a lot of people who um, might need to, to some help aren't going to actually seek help. Uh, so we we talk about the untreated majority. Um, and this is kind of just generally across all health behaviors, though we often think about that in terms of more addictive behaviors like alcohol problems and smoking and stuff like that. But um, and this is actually why I like what I do, because I think about it more from a excuse me, a public health perspective where um, I'm assuming that the majority of people are not going to um, seek help. So even if they want to get more active, maybe they aren't going to actually go talk to somebody about how they do it. So we can use this type of messaging um, to, we talk about, you know, the warning labels, but it's really just a way of messaging of providing information to people. And you can do that for any type of health behavior. And so you can think about just the next time you're walking around town, I bet you you'll find all kinds of ads about like, Hey, are you just 10 minutes at a time and you can get your activity for the day or something like that. Th- that those are ways that we try to inform the public about these various different issues. Um, without trying to shove it down their throats, you know, anything like that. I'm not really answering your question. <laughs> You're doing great. I don't remember what my question was. Mostly because so I, I, uh, I don't think that the answer is just to um, confront uh, oh right, right, you know right. how um, do I get how do I get Lugie McLugs to yeah. stop Lugie the hardest? I mean, you can you can certainly try and say, "Hey, I'm concerned about you, and would you like some help 
you know, may, you you could potentially try that way, but just going up and saying, that's gross and I don't want you to do that anymore is not going to be an effective approach. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a hard pill, pill to swallow because uh, we want to be helping people and we want people to be healthy and all these things. But ultimately, people are autonomous. They, they get to make their own choices. And so we kind of have to be okay sometimes with people making a choice that you don't want them to make because ultimately it is it's up to them and if they're not on board they're they're not gonna be successful yeah so i guess it's the way in which you present information to because it's like if i just tell go up and i tell this kid like look if you if you're just gonna be lugan like that you're just you're never gonna find love (laughs) (laughs) like it's just that's the reality that you're living in i'm sorry that that's the case. It, it might not seem fair, but it's just uh, the truth. <laughs> is that is that going to help him? Is that going to make him change his behavior in a positive direction? I'm skeptical. A little, a little. I'm not sure. I'm not sure that's the best approach that I've ever heard. Even though it's true, yeah, maybe <laughs> or. Maybe he will find somebody who appreciates him for an hour. Or Mr. Or Mr. Luke. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, A lifetime Luke partner. Um, Yeah. Because I try to, it's funny when you like get the ball rolling and you're going in the right direction. It's just like anything, you know, you, you finish reading, reading some new pop science book or something like that and you know, it's like everyone needs to read this book and you got to tell and you're real evangelical about it and the same thing happens when we start building good habits in our lives and then you want to tell people that i've been meditating 11 days straight now i can show you it in the app here's proof that i've been doing things i'm supposed to do look at me on top of life and uh and it's like it's pretty easy to forget how hard it was to take some of those first steps uh initially and we're really good at being judgmental towards other people yeah uh, Every, everyone should certain. everyone should do the positive things that i do definitely mm-hmm. stay away from the negative things um and if you can do it yeah, yeah I can do it. It's so easy. It's so easy. I mean, it's so easy. Yeah. I, so, I, I mean, it is kind of hard to put myself back in that place, but it is, there's always, so I tried like milestones for a while, like, okay, this year, like, I wouldn't do New Year's Eve because I knew that New Year's resolutions kind of fail pretty miserably most of the time according to a fair amount of the research a lot of time because people are taking too big of bites if you will they're trying to do way too much small incremental changes um and then all you have to do uh, listeners is you you make one small little improvement and then you feel better and then you make another small improvement and then you feel a little better and then all you have to do is keep up that impossible pace forever (laughs) and you'll be great um so that's another issue is uh what motivates you when you start is very different than what motivates you to try to keep it going so you know it's um if you're going 
couch to 5k, you know, you've got, like you're saying, you've got those things and you can feel really proud of, of yourself. And that's rewarding. Again, it feels good. It's reinforcing. People are probably really proud of you and you're doing a great job. But once you've got to the 5k and you're not really interested in going further, but you still want to maintain 5k, people aren't going, oh, good job. You did another good. Excellent. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's not how we do it. So you have to figure out your own way of rewarding yourself and getting kind of your internal rewards, if you will, making it, making it about, it makes you feel good instead of being so worried about people, um, rewarding you for, for it. Mm. Rock climbing has like the perfect reward system. I, I, I just got back into rock climbing almost a year ago again, and it has like great grading systems on the wall. So you do like an eight, then you do a nine, and then you do a 10A, 10B, 10C, and you have this incremental, and it never ends. So you can always go up uh, another grade. So you always have a measurable goal to strive for. But not everything is like that. Well, I certainly don't want to do any kind of mountain climbing (laughs) i'm terrible at it and i'm so happy when i get at least you know if i even just get a quarter of the way up the wall i'm Mm -hmm. very excited yeah (laughs) so but there there's also i mean how do people start because i've tried with so one big thing was i finished a really long tour and i just knew during this tour it was going to be too challenging for me to like quit drinking or smoking or whatever is too much time in a car driving for like four hours. And the idea of quitting when you can smoke every couple hours and it keeps you awake and attentive while you're driving. So I just, I knew it wasn't uh, the right time. And then after the tour, I actually did quit, but there's also this tricky thing where we're like, well, when I turn 39 that's when all it's my birth <laughs> and i do think that you should use any opportunity that you can tell yourself to like implement uh, a small change but at the same time there's this uh this very tempting slope. little mm-hmm. thing in our head of going like well, i'll do all of it tomorrow right you know <laughs> it's all it's it's gonna be tomorrow it's gonna I'm really gonna hit it out of the park. But then the other side is and then people you have these motivate there's only now and you gotta you gotta seize the day and and like you gotta make the most out of this and that and and I'm not sure they're living in any more of a reality than the people that think all of their lives are going to change tomorrow either. And so there's that some magically the problems there. that you have today are gonna go away when you wake up in the morning and yeah. Yeah. I mean, there is something to say for, uh, you know, say someone's trying to change their diet. And I don't mean dieting, but just change their diet. And they happen to slip up. Uh, they go out to eat and they don't have the best meal. Uh, so what we have a tendency to do is say, oh, forget it. I'm done for the rest of the day. I'm just going to I'm going to do whatever I want for today. And then I'll I'll start again tomorrow. Instead, maybe we need to have the mentality of, OK, it's OK that I slipped up. You know, these things happen, but now I need to try to do the rest of what I want to do for the rest of the day instead of, like you were saying, just, okay, well, it's already ruined, so I might as well. I'll just wait until Sunday and start again or something like that. Yeah, that was a big one for me. Like one thing would, yeah, cigarettes or whatever, I would I would smoke another cigarette. So I was like, well, I 
might as well take 10 shots, you know, if I'm smoking <laughs> this cigarette. You know. Yeah, we definitely have an all or nothing approach to a lot of the health behaviors mm-hmm. that we are trying to get people to do. Um, you don't have to, like, again, you don't have to start being an, um, a fitness guru <laughs> mm-hmm. right away the next day. Uh, you don't have to try to do your diet and your physical activity and your smoking and, your, you know, all of this kind of stuff all at one time. Um, kind of prioritize and take each one at a little little step at a time. And, and behaviors vary, so some and people vary. So some people will find it tot- much easier just to abstain, just to stop. Um, some people will find it easier to try to moderate. So I'm thinking in the context of drinking. Um, so it really is just kind of a, each person's kind of unique and, mm-hmm. again, really complicated. <laughs> yeah. Well, for me, alcohol and tobacco, I had to quit at the same time. I think you could, the first time I actually quit cigarettes before quitting alcohol, I have no idea how I did that. You can see the other way, like quitting drinking without quitting smoking. But once you're drinking, ooh, those cigarettes. Um, but I quit both of those at the same time. But then I took, then I was like, it doesn't matter what else goes, uh, how the rest of my life goes. Like everything can fall apart work-wise and and like it just doesn't matter i don't need to like accomplish anything else if i'm not smoking or drinking in a given day i succeeded that day that was it that's your task for like six months and then i got into rock climbing you know and that was fun that wasn't like a hard thing for me to add i wanted to and then uh and now i just do little like recently i had a dentist appointment recently so i'm like (laughs) You know, I'll start flossing a little bit. We'll see. We'll see how long it lasts. And why for. is flossing so hard? For <laughs> I don't it know. seems to be this thing that people just really hate, but it's not that complicated. I got it's, a. It's an okay, you know, it's fairly easy. Uh, well. I, no, <laughs> I'm wrong. Uh, it's just never, me. I, yeah, I've always been bad at it, and then I found out. Here's what I found out from the dentist uh, uh, that I was. It, I, I'm probably going to sound like such an idiot right now that I'm like, I'm sure most like eight year olds are taught this, but you floss like alongside the teeth and go kind of like slightly in between that gum ridge in the tooth there. I, and you, what you don't do is just jam, jam it <laughs> your against floss your gums. up against your gums <laughs> and that makes your gums recede. Yeah. And, uh, didn't know that, uh, got a water pick solves everything. Go. It feels it has this very refreshing feel to it. Again, we'll see how how long it lasts. What are, are you betting against me? Or no, me? absolutely not. All right. So I'm I'm doing these like I I have the, this couch to five k. I have this like push up app. I'm doing some yoga classes and stuff. But at the same time, for the first time ever in my life, I'm like, if I don't do one of those things, it doesn't. That's fine. Like I can still maybe do the push-ups today or another thing. Or if I didn't have time today because I was driving all around and had to, I had like six hours of driving or whatever. Okay. That didn't, that didn't happen. That like, that taking it easy on yourself sort of a thing was, uh, was one of the last things that I had to learn. I talk like I'm like so past all this (laughs) stuff when really I've just had, I've been like doing well for about six months now. But that's great. Yeah. Yeah, and it's we talk about um, moving backwards is part of the process too. Mm. So people who have been doing whatever positive things for a significant period of time can still run into problems at some point. So I mean, I can use myself for an example. Um, 
I was really, really active before I started this job. And then um, it was a whole new experience, new place, and it was just completely overwhelming. And um, even though being active is what I do to try to stay, to you know, maintain my stress and not maintain my stress, manage my stress and all these things. Um, it just, it was a really hard time. And so I went backwards for a while, but then after my situation kind of resolved itself, then I was able to make that part of my daily lifestyle again. And that's just, it's just a part of how it goes. You know, even people who are uh, really into it can, can have, times where they're just not able to do what they what they want to do. Um, and you kind of just have to reevaluate and figure out, okay, I have these new stresses, this new issue in my life or something. How am I going to work around that? Um, but, you know, again, when you fall backwards, it, there's a sort of a balance of don't be super hard on yourself, but also don't let yourself get away with it, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, there, there's, um, uh, there's a lot of... Uh, interest like work kind of gets in the way so much just because there's this intuitive like even even us highly educated people like ourselves we we intellectually know that like you do the you do the meditation you stay you stay active you go for the run you do those all they're all a part of the balance and a piece of the puzzle and and even even though you're not working when you're going off on that run that that often leads to more productive work when you are working and you know that but still you get here and now like i want tenure one day and there's all this pressure and there's just this intuitive like well if if i'm not working like harder and faster like i'm i'm wasting time any break from this diligent work and on this paper or research or whatever is is a distraction from this and if i want to if i want to if i want to write the best paper that means i just need to spend more time on it mm-hmm. and think harder about the and that's i think that's something that we're going to have to have kind of like a you know, uh, larger, um, social conversation about is, is just the kind of, we uh, don't take good self-care. Right. And, and yeah, other places do a better, a little bit better job. Yeah. Like where? Well, I'm just thinking, uh, Europe, you know, mm-hmm. um, I, I Japan? don't, well, I don't, I don't there's some, I was just reading. Now some you're putting book me on the spot. I don't know. <laughs> I Tell just, me everything you know about Japan right now. I mean, there's just variations in work <sighs> weeks, and uh, you know, there seems to be more mm. accept acceptable um, siestas. Yeah, siestas and uh, um, vacation time. There, right. you know. Um, I'm even thinking. Um, I have a student who's doing, or not. I don't have a student. I'm working with a student who's doing some stuff right now on um, maternity leave across different countries. And the U.S. has terrible maternity leave uh, across the board. Um, but that's an important component, you know. And if you think it for for the fathers, there's nothing. So, right. you know, and that's a part. I'm just thinking of that in terms of self-care. And, you know, sometimes if you take some time away, that can ultimately make you be better better you know better you're more productive um maybe you're a better partner you're a better parent you know across the board but we that's not how we think about it really 
relax the day. I mean, when people do relax, oftentimes it's it's just like people getting plastered while watching <laughs> football or whatever. It's not it's not exactly. I'm not sure that that's everybody's uh, go to. Oh, I I have like a, I have, have a lot of to... I have a lot of straw men built up in my head <laughs> that I like. I really like to judge a lot, mm. and I what I like to do. The reason why they're up there is so that I can argue uh, with uh, the people in my head and win those arguments uh, <laughs> against the the points that I've uh, you know the the debates that they've that I put in their mouths that I I was able to <laughs> make better points about and it just makes me feel better about myself well, that's good so in my head it's just most of society is just like drunkenly watching football but I I do and that's that was the joke part <laughs> society um but but there is uh I certainly used to be like okay i'm going to relax and that meant just like forget about reality for a little while there there's not it seems like in a in american culture there's not a whole lot of like uh stereotypical like relaxation built um built mm-hmm. into kind of the the social norms mm-hmm. of our value systems mm-hmm. is all that i'm trying to say yeah and, and, and it goes back to one of the other things we were talking about that these things make us feel good which is why we're doing it so um you know if if you want to relax and your outlet is drinking that's that's going to be what you do even though there might be other healthier options mm-hmm. um and so how you feel about these various behaviors that influences your decisions towards the behaviors whether you do them or not Mm -hmm. yeah usually by the way uh i'm just like yelling at myself in the past (laughs) like i think about old behavior that i used to have yeah (laughs) and then i'm like people are out there i'm just talking about things that i used to do (laughs) um so all right well first off i i have uh I have one or two more questions, but I also have my guests each week plug a charity of their choice. So before we wrap up, what uh, what charity would you like to plug? Um, I was thinking, given the uh, hurricane situation right now with uh, you know Priscilla and um, – that's Priscilla, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. I never remember the names. Um, but it might be nice if people are so inclined to donate for the uh, Charleston Animal Society, which is a group that goes around and tries to help all the animals – that get left behind and feed them until they're able to find um, their homes again. That's fantastic. All right. Um, Terrific. And uh, as we wrap up, um, okay. Personal question. Okay. Are you ready for it? I think so. What's a habit that you've been maybe thinking about implementing something you want to work at? yourself and how in your mind are you going to set about accomplishing that goal that is a good question and i could oh there could be so many i think so one thing i'm really gonna hold you to this too i'm gonna (laughs) i'm gonna check in each week i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna play this whatever you say right now i'm going to send you an email with a soundbite of yourself saying this each week well i think just like many people i'm really stressed and uh so i've been trying to 
uh, integrate a little bit of just silent, a quiet meditation. Um, and I am not good at that because I am a very go, go, uh, not, not really anxious type of person, but definitely, uh, antsy, if you will. I'm not very good at just sitting, uh, and doing nothing. Uh, so that's been something that I've been slowly trying to integrate. Um, and that's just, uh, trying to take a few minutes in the morning, um, to just kind of practice some skills that some, I'm not very good at it. That's why I need to start practicing and just doing it for just a couple of minutes. Um, and then maybe at some point, um, I'll be able to integrate a little bit more as I get a little better at it, but. Terrific. Yeah. Well, we'll check back in with you. <laughs> right. if, if, I, if, I, if I check back in with you in a year, where do you picture yourself? I don't know. I don't know. Right. I'm just, I'm going one day at a time right now. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Uh, do you have any other uh, last little kind of overarching or like any, anything we didn't cover any, um, any recaps of like, if you could get one thing and people said, most people, I think just about anyone out there is listening right now. They're like, oh, you know what? It would be kind of nice to maybe tweak this one little thing in <laughs> in my in my life any ad- advice and like a nice way to get started i think uh as far as what i study just thinking about uh how you feel about behaviors is important um that can be a good guide sometimes it can also guide you wrong but um i think about you know luke skywalker with you know use your feelings and uh before you uh, destroy the Death Star and all that kind of stuff. It's the Force. Yes. Well, <laughs> I'm pretty sure he says use your feelings at some point. Anyway, so <laughs> it's okay to use your feelings sometimes to help you guide, yeah. to help guide you with um, the decisions that you should make regarding your health. And just, uh, you know, I, I don't necessarily study this, but just kind of take it one step at a time instead of trying to do it all in a big, big old chunk. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. One more question. Okay. Uh, of of what you study, uh, can you talk just uh, briefly a little more about that? The uh, uh, how how people are assessing how they feel about health benefits yeah. affecting their health. Yeah. So one of the things that I'm interested in is how people think about their risks for various different illnesses, and that can be really motivating for the behaviors that they uh, decide to engage in. And we can think about it in terms of we like to think of ourselves as being rational, uh, that whenever we make a decision to do something, we've thought about this and we have considered the all of the ins and outs and we're very logical and all those things. And that's not how we often make our decisions about a lot of things. Uh, and so how we feel about behaviors or how we feel about the risks that are associated with our health, uh, that can be really important too for motivating our behavior, uh, which is why to kind of bring it back to some of the messaging stuff, if we can make people be concerned, that's an emotional experience. And if you're concerned about something, then potentially you're more likely to actually try to do it. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, this is, this is wonderful advice and stuff that I need to know as I move forward with my, uh, progress in, in in my life and i'm sure that listeners will 
will find this to be uh, exceptionally helpful as well. So thank you, Renee, for joining us Thank you for having me. And thank you, listeners, for being such wonderful, curious people. And we'll talk with you more next week. Next week on the show, I cannot believe this, guys. I'm in such a good mood. as I'm here in Jamaica. I, I recorded this episode in Jamaica where one of the legends of the field, you know I'm big into evolutionary biology. It's one of the kind of foundations of the uh, podcast, and I know a lot of you guys respond really positively to it anytime we have an evolution episode. Uh, people really dig it, really uh, helps change the way that we understand in our perception and it makes a whole lot of sense sometimes too doesn't it? it helps make some of those confusing things about life make a lot more sense uh and robert trivers who is one of the founding fathers of our modern understanding of evolutionary biology it was all like group selection kind of stuff before he got into the game and and uh, stuff with parent offspring conflict stuff with parental minimum parental investment uh gender difference stuff that's also very taboo uh still to this day but it was one of these uh, had these groundbreaking ideas uh, last century and uh changed the way that people that know this stuff know how much it's changed our understanding of life and influenced so much other work since and he lives in jamaica and semi-retired at this point and i've been trying to every time i've made a trip here he's been gone giving talks or doing whatever and i finally was able to pin him down here and got one of the founders of modern evolutionary biology incredibly influential guy wrote this fantastic book i like called the folly of fools about self-deception holy cow guys it's uh it's just such a pleasure that i get to have someone like this on as i i share with you guys my problems because i know many of you got your own problems and i hope that when i do it it's it's uh let you know that we're all in this together hopefully you're not in the same boat i am where i make incredibly uh ridiculous choices in in life and i'm irrational and take too many chances and uh <laughs> find yourself in the positions that i sometimes do but you know i i was thinking about the i was thinking about my financial difficulties the cliche starving artist which is uh, kind of, you know, what I, I, if you look at my bank account, I'm a starving artist, but somehow I, I'm still eating every day. Um, and, uh, and it, it, from those big things in life that you got to manage, it might not be finances for you. It might be family issues, might be past abuse, whatever. But, uh, and, but for me, uh, right now, that's the most pressing thing. I think it's a pressing thing in a lot of people's minds. And I, all the way to those smaller things like i gotta deal with i i uh, i'm out and about and sometimes people not most people but sometimes they meet a comedian and they think like hey instead of talking to this person like they're just a regular old human being that likes having interesting conversations they gotta make me laugh they gotta tell me their jokes they gotta tell me how comedy works they need a 
my approval and then they gotta they gotta cut me down in their mind or form judgments about me or what i do so they can feel better about themselves oh blah blah blah, blah. all this kind of stuff that yeah i've been thinking about as we're moving into the holidays and interactions with various family members some you click with a little better than others and and a lot of these issues in life uh come up but i've been uh lately uh, you know, just been kind of appreciating, uh, I got all sorts of problems, but I, you know, to find myself in a tropical paradise interviewing one of my heroes, underappreciated, no one else is going to know, ooh, I, I interviewed Robert Trivers, that's not going to mean much to, uh, to hardly anybody, but it does to me, gosh darn it, it does to me, and it's amazing that uh, I have I have created this life for myself, uh, with uh, even with its diff- and maybe those difficulties will lessen in time. But I am appreciative uh, appreciative for for you guys. I, I don't I don't just say that. <laughs> I mean, sometimes I do. I guess you know it's like a mandated thing. I gotta say this at the end, but as I say it because. I mean it, darn it. And because, you know, I know that you got a million other things to do and a million other mediums and entertainment sources and everything else, and this isn't the meat of the episode. This is that extra little bit of sometimes... Yeah, sometimes you leave when the credits are rolling at the end of the movie. You don't need every little last detail. But those of you that stick through the credits... My goodness, why wouldn't I appreciate you above all those other... I appreciate them, too, of course. But those of you that listen all the way to the end, my goodness, of course you're my favorites. How could you not be? I'll talk to you next week. Enjoy next week's episode. Have a great week. Outro music provided by Action Camp. Man, I got a tweet. Someone sent me a tweet recently uh, that said that this podcast has some real cool outro music. Man, I appreciate that. And so does Jimmy Fro with the Jimmy Fro Indie Music Podcast. If you want to hear more cool up-and-coming indie bands, check out the Jimmy Fro Podcast. Also, quick shout-out to Ramin Nazer. Follow him on Instagram where he's putting out a new drawing every day. His stuff is so meaningful and uh, and it's so relatable to the kinds of topics that we talk about on this podcast and just life in general. Such a uh, profound uh, philosopher, really, in, in uh, what looks like a very simple piece of work, uh, says so much. And I get constant stream of wonderful content from Ramin Nazer. So check out everything he does, including helping out this podcast. Those of you that listen all the way to the end, you are, of course, my favorites.